You're listening to the Hustle Culture Podcast, where we profile hustlers from all over the world as they go through the climb and seek to make a difference. Here are your hosts, Tayo Roxon and Carlos Gill. Welcome, everybody, to the Hustle Culture Podcast, where we profile entrepreneurs as they hustle their way to the top and go through the climb. Today, our guest is Matt Chambers. And before we get to our guests, Carlos and I are going to be doing something a little different. We're going to be breaking down the show into segments from now on. First segment would be the weekly grind where Carlos and I will talk about what we did from next from the previous week and the goals we tried to achieve. And then we'll dive into the interview and then we'll close out with the hustle spotlight where we highlight one or two people who we feel like were really grinding and hustling out in the previous week. So Los. What's happening hustlers? Hope everyone out there had an amazing week. And I first want to say thank you to everyone that has left a review for the Hustle Culture Podcast on iTunes. We went up on uh, on iTunes this week. So I actually want to kick it off and say I think that's what we should really celebrate for, for the weekly grind for our new segment that's going to kick off this show. You know, Tayo, as you know, my man, because you've been doing this for a while in the podcast game, it is work getting a podcast on iTunes. And for those that might just be tuning into the the Hustle Culture podcast for the first time, Tayo and I, we've been recording now for a little over a month. And we had several interviews with guests for the last four weeks or so. We used Blab to record. We've been taking that audio putting it onto YouTube as videos, but you know, the whole process, um, it's work like anything else. So it's awesome to see our product now on iTunes as a subscribable, downloadable, reviewable show. So Tyo, I will actually want to tip my hat to you for going ahead and, uh, and helping to make this happen. Hey, no, I mean, that has been the hustle and, and uh, I'm tipping my hat back right to you, but it's, like you said, I've been I've been podcasting for about a year and a half now. I, I do have another podcast, which is, um, you know, as told by nomads. But to a good question, Scott, the mission of the podcast is really to highlight entrepreneurs and everyday everyday uh, businessmen and women as they are going through the climb. We feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of the content out there by entrepreneurs, it's usually about the success stories. So we want we want to have people highlight the you know the good and the bad, and really want to hone in on what the hard work really takes because. Um, we don't want it to look like everyone's an overnight success. So part of our hustle this week was to make sure we were on Stitcher, we were on iTunes, and we were on TuneIn. Um, so we did that. We did that. And then we, the, the next thing was, like you said, Carlos, it is a hard thing. I remember when I was first launching my other podcast, it was to get reviews because you got to get reviews. You got to get your downloads up. You got to get as many um, people as you can uh, to know about the podcast. And it is work because you have to remind people to do this. You got to continually tweet you gotta send this to someone else you gotta make sure you know the guests are ready so um on my end my hustle was making sure i got uh matt's questions ready and then making sure the podcast was uh was you know was just at least ready to be viewed in itunes um so we're up to eight reviews now but guys i know we have 11 people on here right now so that that can easily be be uh 19 by the end of the day it's just a hint i don't know maybe (laughs) I don't know. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're hustling to make this happen. And we, uh, we're really looking forward to building out the hustle culture brand. Right. And there's a lot that we're working on that we are really looking forward to, to sharing with, uh, with our audience as we move this venture along. And I tell you, one of the coolest things of having 
a podcast on iTunes, it's almost like the feeling of, of hearing your song being played on the radio for the first time or <laughs> having your CD sold at, uh, at Sam Goody, right back in the day. And it was just like that seeing like this product is actually out there on the market and now it can be downloaded. And immediately once that those jitters wear off, you just go into hustle mode. You start promoting, you start like Tayo said, telling everyone that you know that you have this product and, and please check it out and leave an honest and sincere review of what you think about it. So yeah. I saw that Tayo. Uh, I know it was a busy week with uh, with the podcast and obviously with with Matt here coming up. But what else did you work on? Well, uh, I you know a milestone that I was celebrating because my other podcast, which has been on for almost 100 episodes, as told by Nomads, was really it's still really doing well on iTunes. So I, I was I was on there and I was selling. I was looking at the charts and we were ranking high in all categories. So I was like, you know, it felt good when you put in a long years of work to really putting your passion. You know, so I felt like. It's still weird for me when I, I see the people are listening in like 109 or 110 countries. It's like the weirdest thing because you said it's like you're putting your CD out there. You go to iTunes and you see yourself you're like, what, me? So, um, um, yeah, so the grind, it felt like that was actually paying off. And, you know, for it to still be ranking high, that was something that I did. Um, the other thing I feel like entrepreneurs don't take enough time to do is to celebrate successes. And people have told me that a lot of times. So I tried it this week. And I went on iTunes. I saw my uh, my my podcast. And I was like, "All right, I will take time to celebrate instead of going too quickly." So that's something that um that you know I felt like was a result of the hustle. So awesome, man! Yeah, um, on my end, I did a lot of networking this week. And uh, for those out there that that know me, or if you don't know me very well, I am like a walking, talking, living LinkedIn. That's <laughs> and- Snapchat, <laughs> <laughs> right? But this week in San Francisco, there was a TED conference, and it was my first time attending a TED Talk, and I honestly didn't know what to expect. I I was invited as a social media influencer by IBM to go out and tweet and share the experience, and I honestly thought that it was going to be social media and marketing-focused talks that were being given, and I had no idea when I got there that I was going to walk away just so mind-blown and awe-inspired. I... I'm going to share with you about one of the speakers. She's um, she's blind and she has made it possible for the blind to actually use the internet. And it was just crazy hearing this woman. Yeah. Talking about how she has not let her disability deny her access to the world through the internet. And I tell you, when you hear stories, I'm getting goosebumps even talking about right now, when you hear these types of stories, it makes you take a step back and really think, why am I, complaining if something doesn't go a certain way or if I don't close a certain deal, you know, there are so many people out there that are not letting adversity get in their way of realizing their dreams. And that really touched me and honestly really hyped me up for this week's episode. And, you know, closing note is by going to this event, I had an opportunity to meet a lot of folks in person that I've been connected to on social media for quite some time. And, you know, you know this about me, Tyler. because I reached out to you when I was in New York earlier this year, anytime I have an opportunity to go ahead and connect with individuals and, and take that conversation offline, it's one I don't pass up. So that was my hustle for this week. It was turning online relationships and into before we get to, Before we go into that, you were at TED at IBM. I'll tell you a crazy story. The author of this book is a good friend of mine. He celebrated his birthday yesterday. He was actually one of the speakers, Jared Kleinart. Um, 
Yes, he's a, is a very, very yes. yeah. He's a very, very good friend of mine. I was at his birthday know. party yesterday. He he took the red eye um, at the TED, but he was telling me he's a TEDx speaker, but now he's a TED speaker. So he's a great story. He's twenty years old, but he's like he's an author. He's a business guy, amazing hustler. But um, Roberto and I know we went to a conference together. We we both good friends with him. So um, you know he's he's a good guy. You know, I'm glad you were there. Well, let's see if we can, let's see if we can bring Jared on. Now the podcast, that we are we're done with the, the weekly grind, we we got a. I think we've kept our guests waiting long enough. Yeah, right? no. so, so, um, I'm going to tell you you guys a little something about uh, my story with Matt and the, the hustle. So, when I first got out of college, I my first job was a sales job. I was a sales salesman at a software company. Even though I, I didn't originally go there to be a sales guy, I went there to help them with their social media and digital media. But as is with every small company, you have to do everything. And you know, they gave me this stack of clients to close, and I was supposed to make ten thousand dollars a month. Didn't have any previous experience of sales, so I was freaking out, freaking out. Like, what am I doing? I just got out of college, and now you tell me I have to sell this. So, um, you know, so lo and behold, I started doing some research, and um, Matt at the time was working with Qualvu. Um, and, and, you know, I was like, okay, training, I'm doing e-learning, I'm selling training materials. Let's see if I can close him. And then we sort of built a relationship from then. And, um, you know, I've since moved on and he's also since moved on, but we've kept in touch since then. Uh, but with that being said, though, I, I, I want you, um, uh, Matt, to describe your hustler's journey and basically tell the audience how you got yeah, started. Thank you very much. First of all, you know, appreciate you guys having me. Uh, you guys had some you know, pretty incredible guests so far and everyone's been really inspiring. So appreciate you bringing me on. Um, you know, I thought a little bit about my hustle journey and getting here. Um, you know, obviously I have a pretty long background and most startups talk about the back of the napkin and, you know, that's where people think your journey starts, but it starts, your hustle starts years before that. Um, you know, I think looking back, mine started in college. It's really my whole life. I was an athlete. So, um, you know, academics came pretty easy for me. Um, just playing sports. That's where I put my passion and my heart and soul into. You get, you know, first time I got to college, I, uh, for the first time I suddenly got really passionate about business and, you know, the courses I liked the most were entrepreneurship. So pretty soon, you know, sports kind of took a backseat and I started, uh, you know, devouring anything I could get about technology or entrepreneurship. Actually, probably talk a little bit about later, but writing my first business plan, you know, back then when I was in school, they still actually teach you to go and write a traditional business plan, which is just garbage. There was no such thing as lean startup methodology, which is crazy. Uh, you know, that's just the way the world works now. Who would ever spend time writing a 200 page PowerPoint deck that'll change in the first week. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I got really passionate about business. I started becoming you know, a total business geek and uh, you know, I left college actually a little bit early. I redshirted my freshman year in soccer and I had that. Oh, you I had the chance to come back as actually captain. And the, my coaches were like, are you kidding me? You're going to leave and go home early. I just, <laughs> I had to get started in business and find my purpose and passion in life. So yeah, I got back to Colorado. It took me a little while to figure out my, my purpose, but I got started talking to uh, tech entrepreneurs at the time. I didn't even know what mm -hmm. tech startups were. Um, but the, these three founders, I actually met them and, and they actually started interviewing with them. They, they made me a job offer and I 
you can get your PhD in entrepreneurship on someone else's dime. So it was a dream come true. It was a good opportunity. And, you know, from then on out, I just put the pedal down and have never stopped. So Matt, you started a company by the name of Loxo. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your company and, and what it is exactly that you do and, you know, why, is the service that you provide through yeah, your company? Yeah, great question. So, for you know, Loxo is that you're trying to reach the top within the top three uh, key challenges of any organization. You know, across every boardroom is talent, finding talent. Right, it's people who drive business, and that's who build organizations and success. So, it's a massive, massive problem. Um, it's and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the market size and all that, but it's it's a huge opportunity. Um, currently, the only innovation in platforms on the market, most of the old school recruiting platforms were built in the 80s and 90s. So we saw a good opportunity in the market, um, create some disruption in terms of modernizing the space. Um, but there's also a huge shift in a lot of different things, such as you know machine learning and big data that, that come from me and my co-founder's background that we can bring into a space, really look out for the next generation of identifying talent um, and matching it with companies. Hmm. No, and that that's so interesting. So I guess it, for to give the audience a better background of how you got there is, I wanted to take take it back to the first company when the three founders got to you, um, and then you sort of became that first one of those first employees and um, entrepreneurs. I guess in the company, you were looking for your passion. You were looking for you know your your what you were passionate about and you knew that startup was this thing that maybe you wanted to do and um, you had a journey. Can you, can you talk about that journey being that first employer or one of the first few employers and then deciding like, I got to do this. I, this is a problem I'm really seeing and I need to launch. Yeah. So it, it's, it's funny too that I think as an entrepreneur, you have, no matter what, you have this fire inside you. You just know it's there. You're not really quite sure when to let it out or you have to find your passion. If you're like me, I'm all or nothing. And once you, find it, you right. focus it like a laser, you can direct that. And just finding that passion is a really hard, painful thing. Um, mm -hmm. Being with those three founders and, uh, you know, I even went in and told the CEO, I said, you know, one day I want to start my own company. And for me, I never want to let myself down. I never want to let my future and current employees down, my team members, um, customers, you know, so I, I take that responsibility very seriously. So I feel like I had to prepare myself to get in that position. Um, yeah. So getting around them and, and it was more about learning. I didn't care what my title was. I really didn't care what my role was. Um, you know, every day I would just come in and I would create as much possible value. And I was, I think at the time I was probably 24, 25. Um, and I would sit there okay. and I would expect the executives to come and say, Hey Matt, here's your list of, here's your tasks of what we need you to do this week to create value. For anyone who's worked in a startup and everyone on the show can relate to is you're con there's no answer. You're, you're constantly, if you're in a big enough space, you're disrupting it. You're always, you have to come up with the answer. Um, yeah, you have to drive more sales. You have to figure out uh, customer development. You have to figure out different channels. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's really up to you to learn as much as you possibly can. And that's, yeah, again, that's just kind of what I focused on. And it wasn't about, it wasn't about hustle. It wasn't about making money to me. It was about preparing myself for when I got to launching Loxo.
So, that, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I didn't want to break the flow because I the thing I really loved about what you're saying and the points you're making is you said you found, you saw an opportunity to get your PhD, right, from three founders. And it, it's such a beautiful way to put that picture is because you, you basically said you're, you're getting educated at an early age in the startup culture. And you, and you you had told yourself that this is going to be something that you're going to the tools you're getting from here is something that you're going to use inevitably later in life. I think it's such a great idea to have, especially when you're you know that you have that fire in you, like you said. And I kind of wanted you to continue on, on that down that path is like you said, you wear many hats, you're learning from these people and, you know, back in the, in the you know, in back of your head that you're going to start your own thing. And you're you know, I think Carlos has Carlos shares the same thing with you. He's always telling me that I'm seeing all these jobs as my learning building blocks for what I'm going to do in the future. That's why I'm smiling. That's why I'm smiling there. It's the real, yeah, when I say the real MBA is the one that you get when you're actually out working. And, you know, Tyler knows this. I've, I've you know, said yeah, it on the exactly. show a couple times already. I didn't go to college yet. I've also owned a business like, like you, Matt, a startup. And I also have many years under my belt working in corporate America without a college degree. And I tell you, you know, the real education, the real MBA is what you learn on the job and also the people that you surround yourself with. So, you know, hats off to you. I definitely uh, agree that if you surround yourself with three very successful entrepreneurs, <laughs> that yeah, no, 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 rub and, off and that's why I wanted point. you to go down that path, because I imagine there are many stories. I mean, you're 24, 20, 25, 26, and you're like, OK, this is something I want to do. I know I want to do it. So, um yeah, why don't you just tell us more about that time? Because it's uh, it's fascinating to me, and I love that. Idea. Kind of, you know, you always going back to having that fire inside. I think if if you do not have that fire, you're going to burn out mm -hmm. and hit brick walls, and it, you're not going to be able to sustain that. So you have to be tenacious. Um, but around that time, you know, I, I still don't think I had the confidence to say, you know, I'm going to jump off and be a quote unquote, you know, CEO and lead a company. Um, mm -hmm. and again, the title doesn't matter, but you, you take that responsibility of leading your business and customers seriously. So, um, I kept, I would literally work until nine or 10 at night, like Monday through Friday. Um, and I was reading books all the time. So when I was doing sales, I started reading every sales book. When I was in management, I would go home and I'd research on Amazon, the top 10 am, uh, management books. And I'd read all those. Then my you know CEO said, you have to focus on leadership. Same thing. So it was really nice. I got a pretty much, again, like the PhD in real time, um, learning about tech startups. And I was just voracious about it. I couldn't get enough. And I don't know, I don't know what point in time it was, but I'd look around and I started going up to like tech stars meetups in Boulder. Mm -hmm. And I was like talking about startups to everyone and everyone talks about startups and no one actually does it. Um, and all of a sudden, just from all this learning and knowledge, I, I felt like I could connect the dots and see vision that I thought these answers were obvious to everyone and they weren't They're like, how do you know that? And like six months later, they would implement what I was telling them to do. So I just, you know, pattern recognition, consistency, and just pushing. So I finally felt I had is either time to just shit or get off the pot really for me. And I, you know, <laughs> people that called me out and said, Matt, you're, you're going to get married. You're going to have kids. You can't do this. So take the leap, build it, you know, build your wings on the way down and it'll, Either happen or you'll learn a lot and you'll you'll be ready for the next thing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Matt, I, I love how you said that everyone talks about startups, but then they don't actually do it. So what do you think holds the average Joe that has high aspiration back from 
Actually, I don't think I don't think the average Joe will start a startup. I know that. <laughs> That's such a good point. <laughs> so, yeah, there's no way that it's, That's real it's, I mean, I think if you have a fear, there's two fears really. Obviously, there's financial for everybody. You need to pay your bills. That that was a huge um, impediment for me. The other one, really, I think what holds most people back is public failure. You know, failing in front of your peers and your family and and that's an ego thing, really. The hardest thing as I, you know, once I did take the leap is actually you think the people closest to you are going to be your biggest supporters. They actually, your friend, your friends and family, like close circle, they'll be there. But anyone else, they, oh, ooh, I don't want to associate until they're successful. And as soon as you start getting really successful, everybody comes running back out of the woodwork and wants to meet you for lunch and coffee and um, introduce you to the, you know, so-and-so. So it's it's interesting about how that transition kind of evolves. Okay. Well, let's, let's go ahead and kind of stay on this. So, you know, talking about fear of starting a, a company, right? As you went through your journey and your climb, at what point, if any, was some of that fear instilled? Prior to you starting or like post or both? Either prior or, or, or stirring because because we know that you know there's that excitement when you start a business. Once you actually say, you know, I'm going to pull the trigger, I'm going to move forward, and I'm going to pursue my passion. You get your website, you get your logo, you're technically <laughs> in business, but there's no money coming in. So there's a lot of highs and lows. And, and I know this from running a business. There's a lot of highs and lows. But there's more lows than there are highs, especially as you're making that climb. So, so how do you get me, over that initial fear? Um, Again, I'm so, so all or nothing. Everyone who knows me, I'm, I, I won't dabble. So I lit, I think it probably t easily took me over 12 months. I have this, you know, Microsoft OneNote and now most people use Evernote, but I literally, I would go home and after work, I'd be in the gym trying to lift or do some CrossFit just to get my mind off stuff. But every, I'd take time out and I just write, I'd have these little epiphanies, at least I thought, and I start writing everything down and I do that. And then I go research just different aspects of the business model as I'm putting it together. And um, it took me 12 months, I think, to get the courage and build up a nest egg and just say, you know, talk with enough people and mentors and advisors and say, I can do this. Um, everyone else, of course, they're like, oh, what are you, you being a sissy? What are you waiting for? Just dive in. It's not that hard. And you know, but when it's your, I have a, a house and mortgage on the line and um, you just don't want to fail in front of your, your peers and friends. So getting to that point was tough. Once I crossed it, I, I don't think I've ever doubted myself. Um, it's, you know, three years of, it's been about three years and yeah, it's, I've, I've probably hit 20 different yeah. times where, you know, near death experiences and it's, it has not, not been easy at all. You doubt yourself. Yeah. It's just keep hopping. Wow. Tell, tell us, tell us what, when you're yeah. experience. So I, and I, it's easy, I think to gravitate towards to tangible. So, you know, financial, so bootstrapping, boot, there's a few ways to bootstrap. So bootstrap mm -hmm. as a consultant, yeah, you're, you're crushing out hourly. You're not really, you're still an entrepreneur. You're pushing out there, but there's not that risk. When you're trying to start an enterprise B2B software platform and you're against venture funded mm -hmm. companies, it's unbelievable the, the amount of financial strain. So those are the type of bottlenecks I ran up against, you know, trying to find the right people and paying consultants and paying your attorneys and, you know, it goes on. So you don't even think about paying your bills or what type of ramen you're going to eat. Cause that's, that's all you're eating. Um, you know, I've eaten turkey sandwiches for two years in a row for lunch. 
So you just, you know, you delay the gratification. You just focus on where you're going and you don't worry about it. You get smashed down, you know, every day and every week, but it's part of the journey. Yeah, I, I can't honestly tell you how, that, how much that resonates with me. I was telling Carlos earlier because I was getting my MBA earlier this year. And, um, you know, I, I ran to a point where I was, I was bootstrapping, like you said. And then I was $20,000 in debt because I'm going to get my MBA, right? And it was in the beginning yeah. of the year where you're supposed to be celebrating New Year's, your new goals, New Year's resolution. I'm thinking, I got to pay college. I got to build a business. Um, am I a consultant? Am I an entrepreneur? All these questions you're asking yourself. And then, you know, it's like you said, the turkey sandwich every day in a month. Mine was like rice and chicken. Mine was mac and cheese. Like, you know, like mac and cheese. Yeah, so it was that kind of the three options. <laughs> exactly. So it, it's, it, but it's, you know, you play in the long game and, um, and, and that just, you know, you know, reminds me, like you said, if you don't have that fire, you're not going to stay in it. And for me, it was the passion, the fire. I always say fire, passion, the same, same thing. If you if you don't remember why you're doing what you're doing, it's going to be tough for you to stick to it because there will be tough times. And if you don't handle those tough times the, uh, the way you're supposed to, you're going to, you know, you're going to break on the crumble. Um, and, and I think that's good that you bring that, but Roberto has some questions in the audience. Yes, a couple of good ones I actually think are good. He says, also, while I guess I meant, although while the average person won't do a startup, do you believe that financial freedom is attainable yeah, for them if they become without a educated? doubt? Um, I, I actually you know can relate to that. I'll, in college, I sat around one night. We had this debate with me and like five friends, and we all come from different walks of life. And um, you know, one of my buddies from Chicago. Uh, you know, he really said he didn't think so. He didn't think like where you come from your background that you can necessarily always get ahead. And, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I th you know, while you, I respect everyone, you know, I, I think no matter where you come from, you can improve your life at some capacity. So if you have a dream and you have a fire in your belly, but, I mean, Carlos said he didn't even, he didn't get his MBA. He didn't go to school, but look at, look at what he's doing. What he's doing. Yeah. Look at, I mean, this is unbelievable. Yeah, he if you have yet. a will, you yeah. put yourself around the right people it's not as hard as you think it is. It's really put one foot in front of the other and do not quit. Just do not quit for years. And pretty soon you'll look up and you'll say, you know, how did I get on top of this mountain? And then where's the next peak I can get to. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the reason I, the reason I'm saying that to me, education is, is, is not just, you know, the brick and mortar school type of system. Cause like, like I said, you know, Carlos and I had different walks, my, you know, my family background different. I, I did the whole thing I was supposed to do. I, I did the whole MBA thing. It's not, and I didn't do anything that I got my MBA in. <laughs> and luckily yeah, I paid off all the debt, but I was like, you know, I was thinking, but Carlos didn't, didn't even finish I, high school. I, um, and, and it, yeah, yeah I, right? I, I, you, did, saying, I didn't finish high school to go ahead and top it off. Exactly. Getting my GED. And, you know, I tell you, exactly. not because I, I didn't like, like school. It's not because I wasn't a good student. I just, I wanted to get out of work. Like my parents, that's it. My parents have always owned businesses, and I, I grew up in a very nice upbringing, and I saw nice things, and I always just had this drive in me of I want to work. I don't want to do what all my friends are going to do, which is spend four years in college, party, drink. <laughs> you know, those four years were my head start over people. And and hey, not taking anything away from anyone else that goes down the traditional path, but it just wasn't for me. And you know, I I credit this. I'd love to, to hear what you guys think. I credit what I've done to the four P's, which is passion, persistence, persuasion, and perseverance. And if you have those qualities, you know, especially you, you got to be persistent. You got to knock on doors. 
because you are going to be told no a lot of times. And you know this, Matt, because you're starting up a business for yourself or you've started one up. You're going to be told no a lot of times, but you just got to continue to persevere and challenge through it and be persistent because as soon as you give up, I can guarantee there's someone else that's going to come up right behind you and steal your thunder. Yeah. Yo. And then you were, before you get to that, Matt, do you, did you have another point you wanted to bring before that? Because I know you were talking about um, the education part. No, I, 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 I think Carlos, you know, off. I think has a much better response than I did for that. But yeah, absolutely. If people have the passion. Like how you said, the four P's, there's another guy I really look up to in terms of just his technology and SaaS experience. His name is Mark Shuster. If you guys take a look at him, but his amazing blogs and he writes about, I think it's like the 10 characteristics of entrepreneurs that they look for. And everybody thinks you have to have this, uh, you know, Ivy League pedigree and mm-hmm. um, you have to have this IQ that jumps out of the roof. But his were really, it's, it's simple things that you just said. It's uh, tenacity, it's persistence, um, it's integrity. I mean, it's things that we can control. And, you know, you two have it. That's why when Tyler reached out, he's like, hey, we're doing this blog. You know, I, you guys are so genuine and passionate and emotional about what you do. And that's who I want to surround myself with. And I love it. Yep. That's all right. All right. Really to surround yourself with the right people. And, you know, that's really what we're looking to, to drive home with the podcast. So many people out there are looking for ways to be motivated. They're looking for inspiration. And, you know, if we can use this as a vehicle to come together and inspire at least one person a week out there, then you know what? Mission accomplished. So we're, we're going to keep moving here with the questions. Um, you know, Ty, I'm going to throw it back to you, my man. All right. Well, yeah. I don't know how much you know about me, uh, Matt, and my my passion for for travel. I mean, I I'm Nigerian, and I you know I grew up in five countries, five continents. I mean, four continents. One of those continents that I didn't visit is Australia, and that's one of the places I want I want to go. But I, I know you have a personal journey. You were you you know you were a junior in college, and um, you took this trip to Australia, and it had this life changing effect in you. Um, and I'm one that vouches for what, how much travel opens your mind. But I want you to kind of talk about that and how that sort of set the path for you because junior in college, 20, 20 years old, these like travel so, and then decide you know, for me, it was a very emotional experience. I, I think all the way up until that point I had, you know, pretty strict parents and upbringing. Um, I had coaches my entire life. You always had an authoritative figure telling you what to do. So when I told my parents, you know, I was in college, I was a captain soccer team. Hey, I'm going to go study abroad for Australia. My dad's like, Whoa, Whoa. You're going to lose your position on the team. You're not doing that. And I, and I came back like a week later. I'm like, you know, here's a presentation of why. Here's like the financial model. It actually saves money. And I actually put down the down payment. So I'm going in two months. And, you know, it's, I just went. And when I got down there, it was the first time in my entire life where I had, there was, you know, just no incumbents on me. It was, I just felt free. Um, I, I, we started interacting with just people from other cultures all over the, you know, all over the world down there. Um, and you just have to relate and learn a lot about who you are as a person. And it's perfect kind of transition from college to you're starting to go, you realize you're going to have to go and get your own professional identity. So for me, it was a place to actually slow down and you're looking out on the ocean, the most serene settings. And I just, you know, life finally slowed down and I could take a breath and look out and just figure out what I wanted to be and where I wanted to go in life. And so it wasn't just about the experience and the people and everything. It was the perfect time in life to slow down and just, you know, be at peace with myself. 
Right. Yeah. You know, time is everything. And one of the things that I love that you just said is, you know, you got exposed, right? You, you'd been used this, you know, rudimentary structure, the system. Uh, you know, I, I went to, you know, I went to boarding school. I went to every, all these, all the other structures like you, I was into sports and all that. But one constant that I always found, whether I was conscious of it or not, was when I was traveling, um, you know, my curiosity was, 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 I was tapping into that more and I was seeing a lot more. And I, I never realized it until recently before I started the company was I was like, it actually helped foster my creativity. It made me braver in many ways because you in this foreign environment, you're thinking you can either find a way to connect with these people or you're going to be just foreign <laughs> and it's going to show. Right. So and I always think that when I talk to people, I think travel and culture can apply to business in so many ways. It's if they just apply it in the right way, because whether it's it's trying to come up with creativity or looking at different ways to just solve problems, it comes down to some of the experiences you do. Well, you're trying you're lost in the city. You're trying to find a way. How do you creatively think of someone to say something? How do you use the two words you only know in another foreign language to, to stretch it into like five sentences that takes you on to 30 minutes walk? Right. So it's it's um I, I think that experience. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe as you grow old, you start to realize that that Australia experience is something that that was really uh profound in your life and something that yeah maybe exactly. you could go back to all the time but yeah, i don't know fiance, is that true soon to be wife she'll you know if you somebody asks you if you could ever go back to any point in time in your life and i'm everyone's thought about it you know some people think high school was you know people that were living legends back then um but for me it was the only time i ever would right now i'm very happy where i am in life i, I actually would go back to that six month period in australia it was um you know life-changing uh Love it. Love it. Excellent. Hey, you know what? Uh, I want to know, Matt, tell us three people that inspire you. Uh, so, you know, I, back when Tayo and I interviewed last, uh, you know, I, I spoke about my, my grandma and my grandma. She's, I messed this up last time by a couple of years and she got on me for it too. But I, I think I said she was 92. I think she's 90. Um, <laughs> she you know, grew up in the Great Depression. She's just the rock and inspiration for our whole family um talk about like hard work and integrity and um so yeah her without a doubt my fiance uh she's you know we're soon to be getting married here in december so she's you know that my better half and you know i just want to make her proud i want to you know assuming we have kids i want to make them proud and just you know come through for them so they inspire me um then I think, you know, in terms of internal drive, I, I'm sure we can all relate. It's not usually things that are painful or emotional or the challenges are what drive you most. So I would put, uh, I won't say his name, but I'll put a coach I had when I was, you know, 14 in soccer. Um, I think I had a coach for all through high school, but I don't know what it was. There's a different vendetta, um, but I couldn't do anything right. And it was, you know, it's at the time I was at the, one of the top club teams in the whole state. We played regionals and nationals. So it was a high level. And as a young, young man, you look up to your coaches as leaders and they should lead you and give you positive reinforcement and get the best out of you. And um, I really struggled at that point in life. It kicked me down a lot. It right. broke my confidence in front of my peers. And um, I lost my passion and love for something that was my only passion soccer at the time. So anytime in life, I've actually used that when I was working right. out, when I was starting businesses, it's a, you know, I have a chip on my shoulder. My dad even said it and it's fine. I'm going to prove anybody who's never who's put their foot on my head, my goals are where I want to get. I'm going to prove them wrong. And it's, it's a good driver for me. So it works. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I 
love it, man. Love it. It's, it's that Tom Brady effect. Six round, get picked in the sixth <laughs> round and destroying Carlos' team, uh, well, the, the Jaguars. Well, in, you know, I was going to chime in, you know, with, with the coach angle. You know, that really resonates with me. I uh, I played football uh, when I was when I was a kid. And uh, junior high football, sixth grade, I was an overweight kid. I wasn't a good athlete. Kids used to pick on me all the time. And, you know, I used to want to quit. And uh, you know, my coach, his name's Coach T, um, he was almost like a, like a big brother to me. And uh, we'd come over to my house, hang out, and really instilled in me that when you start something, you just don't quit. Even if you're not the best, you just push your way through. And that's one of those things that's kind of carried, you know, along with me. So, man, awesome to hear. You know, Ty, I'm really curious, you know, who's maybe one or two people that inspire you to keep that drive going? Oh, I mean... Besides family, I mean, you already know my my love for Nelson Mandela and Oprah, but, you know, I mean, right. So I'm going to put them on a higher echelon there, but it's, uh, you know, currently probably, you know, LeBron, and I love what Seth Godin does. So um, I think what Seth Godin does with marketing and life hacking is inspirational. Right. And um, LeBron came at a time for me when he was in high school and I was in middle school. I was in Burkina Faso at the time. And... Uh, yeah, you know, I was like this kid. It was my first time really interacting with Europeans and and Americans, and I was like trying to fit in. I had several accents I was juggling to fit in, and I, sports is my my gateway to fit in. But the only thing I knew was soccer. Uh, Matt, I'm sure you appreciate this because that was my you know that's my always my first love. So I had to quickly learn how to play basketball, tennis, <laughs> and every other and the other football I discovered, which I still I still think there's one type of football, but anyway. We'll get to that. So I had, to, I had to learn all those things. And it was a time, in, and I was looking at these. I was looking at him being the cover of, of a magazine and, and then watching him grow, continue to not only meet the hype or surpass the hype. And that just was inspirational to me because I feel like a lot of people get that hype, but not necessarily everyone gets that. And, that, you know, there have been a lot of things where people can say, I don't like LeBron for this, I don't like LeBron for that. But then it's how you push through that. And that's always what I look for. And he's done that. So um, that that that's my... Um, might have been there, but then you know, uh, Oprah obviously. I can be no inspired by LeBron. <laughs> hey, to- totally get it, man. You know, Matt, one thing that really stood out to me is you know, you mentioned family. I was gonna ask you, you know, earlier on, you know, you know, tell us a little bit more about you on a personal side, you know, and you had mentioned that you have a fiance, and uh, you know, one thing I, I, I say is at least for myself, and I know a lot of other people feel the same way, we're all building a, leg- a legacy, we're all authors of our own book. Chapters are being written every year, you know, every time we make milestones in our life. So I, I love hearing a guy like you just you're so humble about it, talking about how your fiance, future wife, she inspires you. She helps you that drive and, you know, forward looking your kids. And I can tell you as a, as a father uh, of two kids, that's what it's all about. man. Is, you know, you want to go ahead and lay these bricks for them to follow in that path, because someday you're going to be long gone. And it's that legacy. Yeah, with, without a doubt. And I love how you said that, you know, these are chapters of your life. And, you know, Tayo, I think that was the one, the one takeaway I had from Australia is I learned the opportunity cost of my time. And if you can, you know, whatever you can do in life, you, you only have a set, you know, we don't know when we're going to leave this earth. You have a time in life. And if you can get more value out of anything right. you're doing, you know, today, this week, this month, why would you not have that choice to do so? So in terms of leaving right. a legacy and why the people inspire me most who are in my circle is I'm not doing this to, to be on, you know, on magazines and top of, I'm doing this 
for myself and to get that my greatest outreach, my greatest potential. And I'm doing it for my wife and my kids and my family. And, you know, and that's really what drives me. So I don't, you know, while uh-huh. I'm inspired and, and I, I read and I, you know, always follow people that are famous. Um, it's more about learning from them versus who really drive me. No, I, yeah, I love, you always I love it because not, not once, not once have you mentioned your drive is inspired by money. And I think those that think about money as being the object as to why they work are the ones that fail the quickest because money, it's going to come and go. Money is an object that you are going to acquire, but you also have to give it back to continue to grow your business. So, um, man, just love it. Love the drive that you got. And, you know, I want to kind of bring this, I want to bring this kind of full circle back around to your business. So, you know, your product is, you know, applicant tracking system, ATS. So, Tell us a little bit about the type of clients that you sell to. Uh, my guess is that they would be, you know, HR practitioners. But tell us a little bit about the clients that you sell into. Who's an ideal client, and what are you yeah. doing? Amazing question. Now that you put me on the spot, so you know, as a founder, as a founder, you have to balance your vision, you know, <laughs> and you know, as an elevator pitch, you know, what is Loxo? And of course, today, you know, we're an applicant tracking system. You know, the long-term aim of Loxo, we want to help ambitious people reach their greatest potential. Just like I'm driven by that. I'm passionate by that. Um, so our, our platform helps recruiters and organizations identify the best candidates for open positions. So, you know, as I mentioned, alluded to earlier, every executive, every boardroom, their top three challenges they'll go around are saying, how are we finding the top talent? And just to, you know... Just to illustrate how big of a problem this is, there's actually a lot of uh, noise in the industry right now about recruiters and agencies popping up recruiting recruiters. So every company cannot find talent. Um, in terms of what Loxo is doing, when we you know took a look at the space, it's hyper competitive. There's a hundred different ATSs um, and CRMs, and that's a platform where you put your your candidates and resumes and you store them and keep the communications. So as a business model, Loxo, yeah, we sell to recruiters and companies. Um, it's mostly focused on agencies and staffing firms. Long term, any any company who has a job opening can use Loxo and will help them find the best candidates. Yeah, so we've is a job taken, well? I mean, it's taken it seems forever, but we've taken three years. We've really built out a platform. But yeah, it posts one click. You can post jobs and syndicate it out to job boards. Um, you know, we've built a lot of different integrations all over the web. So it, it helps, it basically helps recruiters do what they used to be able to do. And, you know, they can get 10x more done in the same amount of time. Are, are you involved, right. if you don't mind me asking, are you involved in, uh, in SHRM, which is a Society of Human Resource Management, or any, you know, specific organizations that you are a member of or that you network with yeah, the, to try so to help you we source just started uh, pushing it. So organizations can be your best friend. And when you're, you're just getting started, they'll, they'll be your biggest supporter or it takes a while to break in and it's, you know, it's a small industry. So uh, first impressions, everything. So it's, you know, it takes a while for us to get into the market, but now we're, yeah, we're, we're doing a massive, very aggressive nationwide sales campaign. Um, not to, pat myself on the back too much, but you know, Uh again, it was all about the hustle. The first two years we hardly, I thought we were going to get near death. Yeah. But now we're, you know, we've been growing 50% month over month since January in the last two months. I, again, I thought we're near death, but now we're in the last two months, we made more money in 
than the entire rest of the year. So it looks like, you know, it's our, our huge breakout right now. And so it's kind of exciting time for us. No, that, that, that's such amazing to hear. And, and that's what it, it's always dark as before it's done, right? People always say that. And, you know, you said you were at that point and now you're experiencing all these things. And, um, you know, Carlos and Matt, Fridays are one of my favorite days. One <laughs> of the reasons is because it's Shark Tank. Shark Tank Day. Now, I am channeling my inner Mark Cuban here, or, or, or not Mr. Wonderful, but, the, <laughs> but one of the other guests. If, if I was one, if, if you were on Shark Tank, what would your, your, your 30 second, 15 second elevator pitch be? Why the companies need to pay attention to you? You're experiencing this growth 50%, it's growing, it's growing. Why yeah. do we need to pay attention to you? Thanks and a lot, Tyler. What is the pitch? <laughs> I know. Um, so I think I've, you know, I've already <laughs> spoken about a lot of this, but I'll, I'll wrap it all up. So 30 seconds. Um, so Loxo helps recruiters and organizations identify the best possible candidates for any job. Um, we're in a 400 billion global market. So just a massive market space. We've grown over 50% month over month since January. Um, I'd say we're the David versus Goliath. So, you know, right now we're actually winning customers from the Goliath. They have 30 recruiters and engineers, or sorry, 30 engineers. Uh-huh. Um, we're winning market share from them. So, you know, our product roadmap, where we're at, it's just the tip of the iceberg, and we're starting to break out. So it's, you know, definitely pay attention to us in this space. I think, um, you know, Loxo is also, we're at the epicenter of a lot of different technological shifts. So I think this window is only open for a limited amount of time. That's why we're attacking it. Uh-huh. Um, my co-founder and I, are we have a rare skill set. Um, uh-huh. the right ingredients to attack it. And we're really passionate about helping people, you know, reach their uh-huh. greatest potential. So, um, you know, it's something we care about deeply. It's a huge market and we think we're going to win. All right. Well, sold. Um, I'm going <laughs> to send over the, the details and then we'll get the VC funding going. Uh-huh. Right? So- <laughs> <laughs> a little bit there though, Matt. So tell us ideally who's, who's your target customer? Is it an enterprise brand that's that has hundreds of jobs to fill is yeah. a small and medium business tell us a little bit more about so that. i could talk about this exact thing and i'm a part of entrepreneurial groups here in denver and we talk about this every week um you know trying to keep it nice and tight and succinct uh your product evolves your model evolves and you know google came out and they were a search engine right and look at they they have self-driving cars and they right they do anything and everything they're they're in healthcare. um so our customers today to our beachhead market to help us get scale and do the right thing, it's laser focused. It's, it's built for recruiters who get it, who know how to recruit. So it doesn't, you can use our tool today if you're in an enterprise or if you're an agency, right. but it's really nice and lean. It's like the Apple, we call it, a lot of our customers said that, and we latched onto it. Loxo is like the beautiful, elegant, modern Apple in this archaic industry. Um, we just give that to people and yeah, the <laughs> recruiters who know how to recruit and find passive oh. headhunters, you know, that's who love it. Down the road, hopefully we'll start moving into different verticals and helping other people. Excellent. Okay. And, and uh, before we go ahead and wrap up, Matt, where can someone find you? Where can they learn more about Loxo? Most importantly, how can the hustle culture community support you and uh, yeah it's, it's amazing i think yep um you can find me on social media on linkedin uh obviously twitter um you know please reach out i'm always available love talking with people um in terms of supporting uh you know just please keep an eye on us and if if you know um ways that you can support us love to chat um obviously i'm, I'm always looking to help partner and and 
spend my time with like-minded people. So I appreciate you guys having me taking some time to learn about, and uh, you know, I love what you guys are doing. So keep, keep helping people and talking about the hustle. Cause that's, that's the hardest and most important part. Love it. And, and I have one great question left before you go. Cause it just came in from our man, Roberto. It says, do you feel, more people should connect with headhunters and recruiters to, yeah, to advance themselves. You know, I think headhunters and recruiters have this, um, you know, everybody just thinks they're it's kind of this rotten business and it's really not. They're some of the smartest and most passionate people I've ever met. And just like any business, um, there's good cops, there's bad cops. Um, but the high level, yeah, recruiters can be your best resource. They, right. they understand that they have access to underground jobs. They have, their network is unbelievable. Um, and most of them are really good people. So if you're not leveraging them, you're missing out on finding your next job. So yeah, definitely use them, tap into them and just, you know, take ownership of your own career path and let them know what you want. They'll help you. All right. Well, well, with that being said, I just want to thank you for coming on the show, Matt. I really, you can't, you can't honestly, um, I can't express how much I appreciate you coming on and even even with the time change. So thank you for coming, yeah, this, sharing this your story. It's been a great interview. And I got to say, every week, our guests raising the bar higher and higher and higher. And this is yeah, just you guys an are, awesome yeah. interview. Yeah. yeah, no, this has been the best one we've had. Yeah, absolutely. Not not saying anything away from our previous <laughs> guests because they were amazing as well. But this has been just a really solid interview. And, and, and we thank you. We're going to keep you know, supporting you, anyone that's listening on iTunes right now, give my man a follow at Matt double underscore chambers, his company, check them out as well. Loxo, it's L O X O. And uh, I know we're going to, we're going to definitely cross paths and uh, hopefully yeah, can't be able to uh, have you on again. Oh, it's uh, so right, it's loxo.co.co. We actually had some squatter in the Philippines that, would not sell it to me. I tried, <laughs> but, uh, loxo.co. And, um, yeah, thank you guys so much again for, you know, taking the time being interested and, you know, please keep doing what you guys are doing. Cool. Yeah. Appreciate All right, it. my man. Anytime. Thank you. Have a lovely one. Hey, enjoy, enjoy, uh, Denver, Colorado. Maybe yeah, we'll have a absolutely. stronger arm this day. This you guys enjoy the rest of the weekend. <laughs> All right, guy. See you. Bye. So we're going to transition into uh, into our last segment, which is called the Hustler Spotlight. And this is where Tayo and I are going to just give a shout out to someone that we feel is doing big things. Hey, could even be a future guest on the Hustle Culture Podcast. So with that, yeah. I'm going to turn it over to uh, to my main man here, Tayo. Take it away with the Hustler's Spotlight. All right. So the Hustler I'm spotlighting today this week is... Ivan Raikland. Um, Ivan Raikland is this guy that, um, so I, I met him at a conference. It's funny, I, I didn't even know that we were blab friends, but I met him at a conference, a podcast conference I was speaking at. And, you know, this guy comes up to me and says, hey, you know, um, how you doing? I'm Ivan. And I says, you asked me what, what, what my podcast is and what I do. I said, you know, at the time, Hustle Culture Podcast wasn't, wasn't fully on iTunes. I was like, you know, I, uh, I you know, host as told by Nomads, it features Third college kids, entrepreneurs, and people that identify with several cultures. We talk about global issues and how to really create a culturally aware generations. And then his next thing blew me away. He's like, um, when are you going to interview me? I was like, when? I was like, yo, uh, you know, I'm, we just met. What was going on? It's like, you know, no, seriously, when are you going to interview me? We can do it right now. I was like, and I'm, I'm in stammering, mid stammering. And he goes, 
just keeps like guiding me this way. So I all of a sudden I find myself walking with him outside of the conference towards his car. And I'm t- saying to myself, how am I doing? What am I, what am I doing? And he goes, yes, I'm serious. We can do this interview right now. I, we, I got two iPhones and I got this mic that he put on here. And then as, as he goes, he starts to tell me his crazy story. Like he, he's been like a pseudo diplomat, military guy, traveled, speaks like five different languages. And I'm like, oh, that makes, oh, that's what, okay, it makes sense. And I'm, I'm all the time, I'm so impressed while we're doing this. And he's, he pull, opens up his trunk and then he pulls out his, uh, his, 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 his two iPhones and the mics. I'm like, this guy's not kidding. <laughs> it's like, yo, let's do it, let's do it. He's so energetic, he's so energetic. So I, I, I hop on Snapchat, I'm like, yo, we're about to do this. And then um, we get into the backseat of his car while the conference is going on. I'm mic'd up, he's mic'd up, and we record the interview. And it's crazy. It's one of the best interviews I've ever had. But I was impressed by just the hustle. Like, he just killed mm-hmm. the, the The intro was amazing. It was charismatic enough. He got me. To, that was the first time I'd ever used, I recorded a podcast without actually, you know, most times I use Skype. And this was just on location. In the so he, he told of me a car, nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. He taught me a few things. Always be ready and never underestimate people. So Yeah, uh, I've been out uh, he's, he's a really cool dude. So I actually got a chance to meet him and hang out with him uh, a couple times over the last week. So uh, he came out here to the Bay Area um, for work. And I've seen Ivan here on Blab. Um, he's definitely popped up on the social media radar as of late. And, you know, what really impressed me about him is he, he reached out. And again, this is a practice that I... I do myself when I go to other cities, I try to see who lives in that market, who you know is on social media and is active. And uh, he reached out to me to meet up and we wound up spending this just amazing time on uh, Friday night, uh, not last night, but the Friday before with, uh, with Brian Fanzo, who many of you might know. And, um, you know, Ivan just struck me as one of those characters of he's always, creative juices are flowing, always thinking of, how he going on do the next big thing? You know, I don't want to go ahead and steal his thunder because we want to get him here on the show. But he was just throwing some things out there around live streaming and connecting, you know, borders throughout the U.S. or, or removing borders. I'm sorry, you know, across the world through live stream. And uh, definitely follow him. Uh, but I'm going to throw out there his hustle that he threw at me. I get a text yesterday from Ivan, and he's at a conference <laughs> here in San Francisco where he's trying to win a grant. And he's like, hey, dude, do me a favor and tweet this out in the next 30 minutes and help me. So I go on his Twitter. Yeah, I got that yeah well, I go on his Twitter and he's like literally copy and pasted the same message to like 100 other people. And normally I would be like, nah, I'm not going to do that because you literally just copied and pasted and sent the same message over and over again. And, and you know, whatever. But the fact that he texted me, to me actually meant something. And Grant, he might probably text you. But he's a good guy, and I went ahead and helped him out. And you know what? He wound up winning the grant, which is just phenomenal. Again, like that's a hustler. You, you yeah. can't leave any stone unturned. Just like we are out now knocking on doors to get people subscribed to the Hustle Culture Podcast. We're trying to get reviews on the podcast. Um, you know, he's hustling to get his, and I tip my hat off to him. Absolutely. And he, he sent me a text uh, later on because he sent the same text. He sent me a text saying, thank you. Well, he, vo- he does voice record it. Hey, thank you for, um, you know, for doing that. We actually won. So I, that's one of the things that, I, you know, like, he might have copied and pasted it to everybody, but at least he acknowledged uh, both. And all that. But, you know, here we are. 
asking you guys if you could take, I don't know, 15 to 20 seconds. It doesn't take that much to, uh, to leave a review of the podcast. If you like it, it's on iTunes now. Um, I think Carlos has put the link up there, but I'm not yep. sure. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you my hustler that I want spotlight for this week. And it's uh, it's funny because Kiki, a.k.a. Wu-Tang Bunny, just jumped in the room. So my hustler that I want spotlight for this week is none other than the man, Jim Keenan, a.k.a. also known as At Keenan. He runs a company out of Colorado also, which is a sales guy, Inc. He's a world-renowned sales trainer and this guy is always bringing the energy, always bringing the fire, bringing the hustle to sales. I want to get him here on the show. I know we're working on making that happen, but he reached out to me earlier. So we were connected on all the social networks and he actually reached out to me by phone to talk to me about his book that is going to be forthcoming and just actually very simple to review his book and let him know what I think. And again, I, I love when hustlers bring their community together, they take conversations from online to offline. I think that's how you do it. And, uh, you know, throughout the conversation, we talked about a few things. One, talked about his book, when it's coming out, and we're going to give him a platform here on the Hustle Culture Podcast for him to go ahead and uh, share all that content around his book launch, um, I believe, in the next month or so. So, uh Jim Keenan, a.k.a. at Keenan on Twitter. Follow him. You will not regret it because I'm telling you, this guy brings the energy each and every single day. Bam. And uh, with that being said, we want to thank you all for coming on the show. Um, Just did you put put the iTunes link up there so they can know it? Yeah. So I'm dropping for those of you that are watching us right now on Blab. Just drop the link. And for those of you that are listening on iTunes, we thank you so much. Subscribe to the show. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. If you love the show, let us know. If you don't like the show, let us know too, because that's the only way that we can improve, right? It's through reviews. So before we sign off, just want to say thank you to all of you hustlers out there for jamming out with us once again on Blab. Again, if you're listening on iTunes, thank you. We could not make this show happen without all of you out there. Follow us now on Twitter at Bring the Hustle, and I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to my co-host. All right, and also Tyler don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which was Hustle Culture. We are also we're multimedia. We're going everywhere, people. And um, thank you all. Thank you all for coming to the show. I think you all can. You know, we benefited from having Matt's presence here. Remember, you know, it's darkest before it's dawn. But the most important thing is use your difference to make a difference. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hustle Culture Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and keep on hustling.